0: got in touch with Jared and today's episode is going to be a conversation with him where we'll go through the monumental growth that Jared's experienced.
1: Since then we've, um, well, just shy of £4 million on that store. So if you've ever wondered
0: what a dropshipping journey could look like for you, then this is the perfect episode. And it's been a really highly requested topic for us to bring him back and see where he's at
1: now. Those days where you do 10 £15,000 a day are, are amazing.
2: So good to talk to him about all of the success he's achieved and the mindset that's been the driving force behind all of that success.
1: I just wanted to give it a go and, and, um, and prove to myself that I, I did have this entrepreneurial flair, I guess, inside. Of me. If you're trying right now to visualise your
0: roadmap to success with e-commerce, then you're going to get a lot from this conversation. Welcome to the Dropship Unlocked podcast, your key to unlocking the secrets of high-ticket dropshipping. I'm Lewis Smith, founder of Dropship Unlocked, and with me is our client success coach, James Erdley. Now, when we're not recording podcast episodes, we're running our own e-commerce businesses and helping aspiring entrepreneurs launch their own high-ticket dropshipping businesses. So if you're ready to learn how to build your own six or even seven-figure business, pick up a copy of my book the home turf advantage, whether you're looking to replace your income or launch a side hustle. I wrote this book as a roadmap to help you launch a low maintenance, high profit e-commerce business that gives you the freedom to spend more time with your family, travel the world and work on your own terms. Ready to join us? Visit htabook.com to get your copy today. Now sit back, relax and let's unlock your potential with the Dropship Unlocked podcast.
2: The aim of this podcast is all about making real freedom happen, and this episode is a perfect testament to that. We've got a story lined up to share with you today that I really can't wait for you to hear. It's all about Jared, who went from having no entrepreneurial experience to making almost £4 million in sales in just a few years. So if you've ever wondered what a dropshipping journey could look like for you, then this is the perfect episode.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good one today. I remember the first interview that I had with Jared about three years ago now, where I went over to to see him in person and we sat down and we had a chat and we highlighted the, uh, the kind of initial early success that he had coming into the program. I think he was only six months into the Dropship Unlocked Masterclass program at that point, and he would just surpassed £310,000 in sales with his single store that he had at the time. So incredible start to the journey. And we documented that and took a video and it's been a really highly requested topic for us to bring him back and see where he's at now. So we got in touch with Jared and today's episode is going to be a conversation with him where we'll go through the monumental growth that Jared's experienced over the years since we last caught up. Taking his business to nearly four million pounds in sales since our first conversation. So he's made an incredible start to the business and then maintained that as well. And I think just something to highlight before we dive into it, Jared's story is a testament to the power of what happens when our members follow the masterclass program and take consistent action, which then they see compound over time. You know, something people might say, oh, Jared's special. He, you know, he has something that other people don't. Really, it's a case of he followed it to the T and and he'll say it himself. You listen to the conversation in this episode. He took the steps he revisited the program. He, he's still active in our community today, right? He still comes back and helps out and talks and shares his view on things. So in this talk that we had with Jared, we dived into how to break into entrepreneurship, how to overcome that limiting belief that maybe you aren't cut out yet for entrepreneurship, the mindset that's required. And then also we found out from behind the scenes what it's like with a run rate of 1 million pounds per year. With your e-commerce business after starting without any prior entrepreneurial experience. So that's what Jared's done, got his business to a million per year now, or just just under, I think, but he'll be there very soon, I'm sure. And yeah, there'll be some other stories as well during our conversation with him of what it's like day-to-day for a Dropship Unlocked Masterclass member who's followed the program to a T and now has a thriving multi-million pound business that he can run from anywhere on the planet. Yeah,
2: and it's inspirational to listen to. I remember I listened to his first interview before I joined the Dropship On Masterclass and listening to that was so inspirational. It was one of the main reasons why I joined up in the first place. So hopefully now this catch-up interview that we've done with him will also inspire many others to follow their entrepreneurial dreams as well. He shared with us some insights on how he got to achieve that success and we delved into the mindset that has been the foundation for him over the last few years to achieve the
0: incredible success that he's had. Yeah, there's so much in this conversation. It's going to be a good one. And I believe that it will help you if you're trying right now to visualize your roadmap to success with e-commerce, then you're going to get a lot from this conversation. So with that in mind, sit back, enjoy this episode where we caught up with Jared. So Jared, it's been been a while since we last properly sat down and talked. I think it's about three years now since that initial video was filmed where I came over to your Kind of uh, warehouse space that you were hiring at the time, and uh, we we talked a little bit about your results. So let's kind of rewind again to your beginnings, if we can. before you started dropshipping, before you joined the Dropship Unlocked Masterclass. What feelings and desires were stirring in you that led you down this path and into this rabbit hole initially?
1: I think I've always been a bit entrepreneurial. I remember even like selling sweets and stuff at school. It's always had that that urge to kind of do my own thing. Once you go to school, go to university, you know, the, the natural route for that is to get a job and, uh, you know, get a mortgage, which went through all of that. And I just remember sitting at my um, my job I had and just looking around all these 50-year-olds and just thinking, it's just not me, this. I can't, I can't really see myself here in, in sort of 30 years' time, 20, 30 years' time doing that. And that's when I just made the leap. I thought, you know, I want to do my own thing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I jumped out of that, handed my notes in, jumped out of that role and just ended up doing some freelance stuff because my, my background was digital marketing. And then came around, I think it was a video of yours and yeah, no, the rest, the rest is history really.
0: rest is history, yeah. It's interesting to hear that you had that kind of entrepreneurial flair at school, like you said selling sweets and looking for that. Do you think that there, that was like a deeper rooted desire to to want to have that level of autonomy, but you were just looking for a way to channel
1: it at that point? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I've always had that in me. It was just a way of of trying out, at least. Um, otherwise, you'd always have that those those regrets. I guess the one image in my head was just sitting one day at work, and all these fifty year old older men they were just there, and you know I was just like, mm. I mean, it's it's absolutely fine for, for people to to want that and 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 want that sort of you know thirty thirty year career in in a specific industry, but just just wasn't for me. And yeah, I just I just wanted to to get out there and try and do my own thing, be my own boss, and and yeah, that's that's what that's what stemmed there really.
2: Yeah, so you're definitely preaching to the choir there in terms of thinking about looking at ahead of you in the career path and not wanting to follow that that path. Was it then just a timing sort of coincidence that it was at the same time that you knew you had that craving for an entrepreneurial journey that you
1: came across dropship unlocked around the same sort of time? Yeah, well, it was actually it was actually afterwards. Um, I probably did the wrong wrong way around and just went. Oh, I'll just hand my notice in and figure it out afterwards. I probably should have had a bit more more of a plan, but yeah, it was during that phase when I was just doing freelance work. I'd, I'd saved up a bit of money, so I, you know, was just ticking along. I think I handed my notice in in February. I, I left work in February and was it was March or April, I think, when I signed up with, with the course. And it was yeah, just one of those days when in the mornings you're thinking, what am I going to do now? Um, that I bumped across um, a, a a YouTube video um, and then somehow found Lewis and then that took over I guess.
0: Yeah we, we had a chat but that's interesting to hear the the route I mean you, you kind of lit the fire didn't you by like you say quitting your job before you'd found something to do um, but I guess doing going into the world of freelancing is an interesting move because it's almost like that intermediary step before entrepreneurship isn't it like you no longer have a boss but now you have clients and now you're trading your time for money and there's like a cap on the scalability of that. So I guess, can you talk a little bit about like maybe some of the challenges even whilst you were freelancing that made you still want to seek something different?
1: So my background was always in digital marketing and it was just a extra way of making a bit of money on the side, I guess. But you're right. I mean, it's completely, there is a ceiling to that, how much you can do in a in a week, in a, in a month. Um, so it is capped. But I, I guess, yeah, I've been mean, going back to quitting the job without having anything firmly in place. It, it meant that to make sure that I had some form of income in the next couple of months, uh, right? So it kind of put a rock up my backside to action things and get get things done, really. So yeah, and I, I say I say it's silly, but it, as you're you're right, probably it was probably a, a blessing in disguise that I did that way around.
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah, sometimes that's the way you need to do it. So, reflecting on that moment after 6 months when we met back um 3 years ago and, you know, you'd made 310,000 pounds in sales within your first 6 months of joining the program. I remember it vividly. Can you describe what emotions and thoughts were swirling around your mind at that time? Like, what did achieving that early level of success feel like for you
1: personally? Yeah, it was it was crazy it just exploded just because there was such a large demand for the products we're selling. So, I mean, the, the volume you're doing, I was just processing orders all day long. Yeah, you know, it was, it was meant, so, Yeah, no, at the time, six months in after doing 310 K, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was great. And I remember I had a, I had a spreadsheet where I'd forecasted sales, like before we'd started advertising. Um, I was like, yeah, if I do one or two, one or two a week, I'll be happy. You know, make two, two, 300 quid a week. I mean, we're doing that easily in a day at that stage. So um, yeah, no, it was it was bonkers.
0: I think a lot of people feared that when the whole world shut down in 2020, that it was going to be like the end of business. But what actually happened was it, it forced the world of uh, customers that maybe hadn't yet adopted buying things online to suddenly have no option but to, right? I remember we were all buying stuff online. So suddenly it became like, I think, a, um, a catalyst to the e-commerce world. And so it, it had, like you said, the complete opposite effect. And actually, we saw business absolutely boom, which was crazy. So since our first chat then, since we did sit down three years ago and had that conversation, conversation which is recorded and we'll link below this episode of the podcast so that anyone who hasn't seen that can go back and watch it if you'd like to. What results specifically have you been able to go on to achieve since then?
1: Since then, we've, um, well, just shy of £4 million on that store. So, you know, we've done okay we've we've managed to scale it and as i said you know there's been ups and downs but yeah overall you know i'm I'm really pleased with the the progress that we've done and i'm a little bit annoyed we probably won't hit the four million pound mark this year incredible progress i mean you're you're pretty much tracking for a million every year since you
2: started the program which is just awesome progress but obviously the numbers are, are some are one thing on the sheet but how does that have an impact on your life when you're reaching those
1: sales numbers in terms of my personal life i mean it's been great. I mean, as you say, we we try and forecast um, yearly sales. So you know, we, we did one point two last year, and yeah, I mean, obviously, in terms of how it's impacted my life, we we've managed to move out to um, a slightly larger house than we had in in London, which has been nice. It's created an income for me that we live on comfortably, which is which is excellent. So yeah, no, it's um it's really yeah impacted impacts my day to day life pretty well. And comparing the the recent wins, you know that's incredible. Like
0: tracking at a million per year, you know on average, and hitting that four million pound mark soon. I think you're massively underselling yourself, Jared, when you say yeah, uh, yeah, we've done all right. That's uh, that's the kind of modesty that I'd expect from you. But um, no, congratulations, that's a fantastic achievement. Since those early victories, though, how has the recent success that you've seen, where it really like rocketed, like you said? How's that impacted your personal life? Because I know we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. You're now a dad. I'm sure life's changed a lot. You've moved out of London. Like having the freedom that this kind of business now provides you. Comparing that back to how it it was initially. Like, what's that changed about your personal day to day life?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I'm I'm able to work on on my own terms, I guess, which is you know great with a with a little two year old. So you know, if I if I need to, you know, pick him up for nursery or you know if he's ill or whatever, I can I can be there. Um, at the drop of a hat, just because I, you know, I've been able to be in a position now where I've got two full time staff who can who can handle ninety nine percent of issues, and you know that's that's where we're at. So yeah, it's been great, more free time. You know, you can take as many holidays as you want. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it's excellent. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, completely incomparable in a way
2: to how it was when you first met with Lewis before having a son. I remember in that interview, you mentioned that you were first able to get a a dog because uh, of the freedom that it allowed you in in, 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 sort of taking them out your dog out for a a walk and that sort of thing. But now with your son, the freedom that you've got, do you sort of take him to nursery and pick him up from nursery and that sort of thing and you're a bit more flexible with
1: the hours that you work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, now I'm on the drop-offs and and pick-ups at 5.30. So yeah, I know it's allowed a lot more flexibility. As I said, like, don't have to worry about, taking holidays for you know friends weddings and stuff like that you can you have the time and 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 availability i guess to be able to do that those kind of things um and yeah i mean it's it's been great i mean the, there are challenges as well but you know it, it's been brilliant and being able to be more available i guess is is great
0: yeah i can i can relate to that as well as you know now father of two sons it's like i love the thought of uh the e-commerce entrepreneur dads at the nursery gate do you know they're doing the the school run and really like for me, as it's it's, that's a massive priority. You know, people might think, oh, you, you know, when you're successful, you can pay someone to do that kind of stuff. But I'm like, no, the reason why I wanted to succeed in business is so that I had the freedom and the flexibility to be able to do that stuff so that, you know, your kid sees you at the school gates and can come run into you. So yeah, I totally understand that and um, can relate to that because it's, it's something that I do as well. So congratulations on, on getting there, and making it happen and, you know, taking the action to create it. So I know you mentioned that, it's been a bit of a bumpy road, um, you know, on your way to a million per year and reaching the four million pounds mark in sales. Could you share with us a little bit about, you know, the feelings of doubt that maybe you faced in the early days? Because I'm sure it wasn't all smooth sailing. How did you emotionally navigate through the the ups and downs as you went? What advice would you give to someone listening who's maybe going through some of those rocky periods at the moment?
1: As long as you, if you put the hours in and, you know, focus on, you know, task and, and just get them done. I think one, one good thing about, we we had a direct competitor and i think that was for the good of of our business and probably theirs as well so i always looked at competition just thought how can we just be better than them and i think we kind of piggybacked on each other a little bit and i found that that ways of not getting too obsessed with them but you know just knowing that someone out there they're also making money and just always continuing to learn you know i've got quite a few regrets and stuff that i didn't do earlier on Um, so, you know, focusing on, on like email, for example, our email channel, um, you know, now that I think we do about 40% of our sales through email. Um, and I've actually, I, I spent quite a bit of time not becoming an expert, but really studying email and I'd like to think we got in quite a good position now. And I've actually gone on to do freelance work for some suppliers in email. So, you know, I mean, once you've got that, that, that relationship with the suppliers and they know you're doing quite well. It's quite easy to be able to say, look, we'll, we'll replicate our success on on your side because they're all trying to do um, sales directly themselves anyway. So yeah, no, I think I think that would be a thing. Is big thing for us was yeah, or, or for me was was looking at the competition and just tra- tweaking our stuff. And as you see those small incremental improvements, I think it, it, it you see it in the results.
0: I love that because I love the the strategy of saying right, I'm going to look at a competitor that's doing really well but most people i think with a scarcity mindset would would think that oh by you doing well it means that you must be stealing share for them which means their business must start to decline but i think the most important thing that you just stated was that it actually helped both of you so you made a lot more money and actually it pushed them to make a lot more money because they had to up their game as well so i think when you transition from that like it, you know it's um it's a zero sum game to like actually no when you both up your your game the market itself can expand you can both bring more people into that industry that you're selling in and you both end up making more money so it's it's beneficial to do that and with the expansion of e-commerce as
1: well right yeah i completely agree with that yeah i think having having that that competition um with a a direct competitor is good i i, I enjoy it you know it keeps me on my toes so you know if if, if someone in our niche is is looking at me good i I I want all the competition there is
2: fantastic yeah it's a good way of looking at it and also you mentioned the unexpected sort of benefits that come from starting a business like this like you know suppliers are actually approaching you and and giving you their their marketing budget to to learn so what are some of the key lessons you said that you'd learn from the dropship or not masterclass that you've been able to take on now over the last sort of three or four
1: years optimizing ads what are the three things optimizing ads uh adding suppliers and adding new product um yeah, I, I think that that is still crucial for for our business today. You know, those three things. If you're if you're ever stuck, yeah. I mean, I, I always go back to that myself. You know, what what can you be doing? Those are the three priorities. Yes, you know, outside of that, do some more SEO, do some more, you know, email email campaigns. But with, I think one of the key movers for us was just picking up this one supplier who we, we ended up doing. I think at one stage there were about 30 percent of our 30 percent of our total revenue i think you're always one always one client away from not doubling but you know having significant growth and that's what that one supply did for us that you know it took us to it to a new level and i think you can never stop looking for for new suppliers and that's something that we we i i was am in the, in the game for i guess
2: absolutely and it's it's well drummed into us by you know, by Lewis in, in the program about being really simple with what you focus on. Um, but something you, you mentioned and referred to as well was getting a team on board. So you've now got two full-time staff. What sort of freedom do they allow you now that you've got your virtual assistants and your your team on board?
1: Yeah, I mean, it allows me to focus on more of the strategy side of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still I still enjoy that customer interaction. Um, i should probably do slightly slightly less of it but i think again it keeps me in the game it keeps me um you know my, my product knowledge on 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 top um and i think yeah having having that team it obviously allows me to um to focus on more you know the supplier relationships i think that's something that is uh, is quite crucial and something that i've done pretty well in is um is making sure that i you know I'm always reaching out I go and visit suppliers a lot of the time uh just pop in for you know a coffee um and uh, you know three of them actually do I do freelance work for them now so that's how close I think people should get to their suppliers because you know if they're if they're spending money on on digital marketing and you've got that skill why not try and take a piece of that that pie I guess so, going back from where you were
0: before you left your job and, you know, where, but working in there, you said you were looking at all of the people who were kind of in their 50s that were working, that had worked there for years and you thought, I don't want to become one of those. Looking at where you are now, that's quite a transformation, right? So, who or what would you say has been a cornerstone in your journey and how did that make you feel? Like, what was there a sense of empowerment at any point or a moment of clarity or? Was it something else? Were there any milestones that you can think of where you thought that was a real turning point for me?
1: So I think the it was a, the the scary moment in thinking, you know, you, you're 50, you've done 30 years in a in a corporate job, and that's just not what I had envisioned. Um, but in terms of who has been a cornerstone, obviously, obviously my wife and and doing it for my family now. But I didn't I didn't necessarily have that at the time, but. Um, it was more a sense of I just wanted to give it a go and and um, and prove to myself that I I did have this entrepreneurial flair I guess inside of me and that I I wanted to see how far I could go and just it was almost like a test to myself just to see you know how far I could go um, and and if it was possible and at the end of the day you could always fall back on a, on a job can't you so um, it was more just a sense of I had a desire just to be able to to do my own thing and and see where it where it led. I guess. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because I think the the societal norm, right, is that leaving the job is the risk, and that that's the thing that God, you're entering this world of the unknown, right, into entrepreneurship. How like you won't have the stable salary or the pension or all the nice perks that you get in the job, but like you said. Change, flipping that and say, well, I could always just fall back on that. That's that's the backup plan. That's fine as a safety net, but that's not what I'm striving for. You know, the risk for me is not leaving this, ending up as one of those people that I see down the line in their career on that trajectory that I don't want to be and not having experienced the life that taking this this move, this step, won't even call it a risk, would, would unfold, right? So I guess reflecting back on all of the incredible successes that you've had over the last few years of running your business, Can you share a bit more behind the scenes of like the emotions and the thoughts that you've experienced that, like, how did it feel seeing your vision start to materialize going from just an idea in your head, following programs, step-by-step, getting it up and running? How does that feel seeing that start to come to light?
1: I guess I'm not very good at sort of accepting that, how well I've done in that sense. You know, when, when you actually sit back and you, you reflect as to where you've come. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. It's, um, it's, it's been really life-changing for for me. Um and yeah, I, I, I as I said it it, it hasn't come with it without its hardships um which, you know, every entrepreneur would go through. But when you when you sit back and just look at what what you've done over the years, how far you've come, yeah, it's, it's really rewarding and and yeah, I guess I I'm, I'm quite proud of how far I have come in that sense.
2: Yeah, would you cite any sort of connections or any sort of learnings or, or people you've got around in your journey that have really helped you to get
1: to where you are today? Well, obviously the the, the support from you guys early on really, um, you know, laid the foundations for for where we're at. The, the 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 pillars or the core pillars of success are still instilled from me from those early days. Um, like we just discussed now, like you know, when you're stuck or whatever, always going back to those kind of do those three things you know the suppliers products and and optimizing ads i think you know that from the early set lay those foundations um and you know i massively owe it to to lewis and the team for for getting me to to where i am now absolutely um i think you know when you go down or start something new uh you always have to have a mentor who's kind of been there and done that before um and, and without that you're kind of running in the muds um you know and um i think i think i didn't really know where to start off i knew i wanted to do e-commerce or, or run a business or whatever but not really sure of the best way of doing that um and by having that structure and and the course behind you is i mean that that lay the foundations for for the success about had over the last three years absolutely
2: i think when we started so you started before me but We had similar feelings where we both were in a nine to five job that we didn't see a future in. So you've got this energy or you've got this desire for something, but you don't exactly know what it is. So there's that gap that needs to be filled. You know, you want to get after a a more free lifestyle, run your own business, be an entrepreneur, but you need something in between that desire and actually achieving it. And that was for me in the same way as you, Jared, it was finding Dropship Unlocked and, and Lewis's program. So I had that structure to follow so I could actually channel my energy into something um would you say it's a similar feeling for you you had all this energy you had this desire but you didn't know how to channel it necessarily
1: yeah absolutely um i think yeah i mean i, I think i even remember speaking to lewis being like now i'd love to sell products online but what how where <laughs> you know all those questions like you know what yeah where where on earth do you start um and as as you say james like just having that um that structure to to channel all this like you know i want to do this this and that um and and just work through it periodically um and as i say lay those foundations and and yeah you just grow from that
2: yeah and you, you just don't know there's so many questions before you start you've got an idea of where it is you want to go but you know shopify you never had experience of i did which products how do you sign a supplier how do you run an ad campaign if you've never done that before there's so much missing in, in between that energy but interesting that the spark for both of us was just a realization that you wanted to get somewhere else that you wanted to have a your own business but you didn't have any of the answers or perhaps you had a few more answers than me with a little bit of a digital marketing background but you certainly didn't have the answers in terms of a dropshipping business signing suppliers and adding products would you cite a a particular learning You, you mentioned signing suppliers but was there particular learning around picking a niche that really helps you to then identify the products that you wanted to
1: sell not really i mean i just i just ran i just stuck to the course to to a tee really um i think it came up with three or four um niches um and yeah i just kind of you get to a stage where you you're looking at three and they're all good options you just got to pick and, and and move forward um take action and and that's what i did luckily i picked the one i did um cuz it soon exploded so that was a bit of luck i guess um but you know, you kind of make your own luck by having that in the in in, in the pot of three in the first place, I guess.
0: Exactly, and I, I've no doubt you'd have made a success of the other two as well, right? It it would have been, you know, it's all to do with your execution. So,
1: yeah, if you if you just applied the same principles again, yeah. Well,
0: so aside from the business, then, like now now that you have this level of sales coming in, you've got this this income coming in. Can you talk us through a little bit about what your life looks like now after the sales that you've achieved to date? Because we we talked a bit about you know being there for your son being able to go and pick him up from nursery doing the drop off like that that's something i remember last time we talked about you said uh, it enabled you to get a dog to go on holiday to take your laptop earn your income whilst you're away talk us a bit through like the day in the life of you know what what are you able to do what are some cool things that you have coming up in your life that maybe this type of business has enabled you to be able to do
1: i'm um slightly more away from the day-to-day running i guess i'm not i'm not spending you know eight hours a day in the business which is which has been good um I've um I'm, I'm at the moment looking to just diversify essentially my income stream I I'm working on other projects as well um another another jobship project um which is which is really exciting um and I'm, I'm looking to get a bit more into property as well so um those are kind of the things that I'm working on at the moment um and and yeah I mean I guess I as, as we said previously, you know, it I, I have a bit more time in my hands in terms of, you know, looking after looking after my little boy if if, if needs be. Um, you know, doing the school pickup drop offs. Um, you know, we can we're able to, you know, go on holiday um without any sort of fixed times or, you know, holiday allowance, um, which is which is which is nice. I, I'd say I, I do a little bit of more stuff now, um than I was doing before.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what else you know, how much richer life can become when you've got that amount of time, that flexibility to to go wherever. Like you say, you could just at the drop of a hat say, okay, we're we'll booking a flight tomorrow to the other side of the planet and just go. No boss is going to be like, ah, you didn't book annual leave or, you know, you didn't, it's not company policy. You can't do it. Like you are the one that calls the shots, which is both exciting and scary at the same time, in the sense, like you say, it doesn't come without its burden. So we're not here painting a picture of like, oh, it's going to be this smooth sailing journey into the sunset with business. Like, of course, you're going to get the hurdles but I'd argue that the bumps in the road are the things that make it worth doing right because those obstacles are the reason why it feels good once you've done it so looking back at the the growth and the changes in your business since the early days how do you feel now when you consider the achievements you've made because I think it's easy for you to normalize it because you experience this every day you're like "Yep, yeah, okay we're at four million in sales like you're, you're caught up in the, the work but if you zoomed out and you were your old self working in the job looking at you being like You've what since then? You've in that last three years, you made four million pounds in sales. You'd be quite shocked, I imagine. So, how does it feel if you really think deeply about the achievements you've made? Now,
1: I guess I'm just quite proud of, of where I've got to. Um, You know, I said it when I when I started off, I had this little spreadsheet of you know, can I do one, one, two, maybe th- three or four a month? That'd be great, just to you know keep it ticking over, uh, and to 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 get to the point where you know doing. think we did 1.2 million last year um in sales is you know it's it's great um and um yeah I guess I'm I'm just really proud of of how I've how I've got there and um you know still still got the urge to to keep doing more you know hit that 5 million mark hit the 10 million mark um and and you know that's that's where that's where you know I want to be in our striving to get to
2: I agree. And you have to actually remind yourself sometimes of how far you've come because it does feel normal the day to day. Do you remember a moment? Did you ever sort of like celebrate? Did you ever pop a bottle of champagne or something when you hit certain milestones? Do you remember like, for example, the moment you realized that you'd done a million in sales? Was there there a moment where you looked at your sales or your Shopify analytics and you realized you hit that milestone or you you sort of mark these milestones of any sort of celebrations?
1: I, don't, I don't, can't remember the, I, I definitely remember looking for the two mil and, and thinking oh, that's quite a lot of, that's quite a lot of sales, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think I'll, 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 I'll pop a, I'll pop a, a bottle at five. Um, I remember doing my first mil in a year. Um, that was, that was a target for me at the time. Um, I think it was, it was the, the year after we would last done the interview, um, where that, that would, we would have been 2021 um I think we managed that by um by the end of November um for the for the calendar um so that was that was a a, ma- a milestone that I remember clearly and thinking wow yeah we did did well there
0: yeah it's great it, it takes a lot for you to pop a bottle of champagne doesn't it five million in sales quite a big <laughs> quite a big requirement for charity for the champagne bottle <laughs> but um is is good? I mean, like you know, I think the former you looking at yourself. I'm sure you've had days where you do like ten grand in sales in a day, and you think I've just made like maybe four, three or four grand in profit in, in a day. Like that, the the former you, I think, would look at that and be like, you should be opening champagne every day. <laughs> but I think we we reset the bar, don't we? We normalize the the achievement, and that's some, sometimes as entrepreneurs, we need an external party to point that out to us and remind us. So, if there's any help. I'm you know I can say absolutely you are smashing it and I'm very very proud to see where you've got to so well done and and continue to keep up the work.
1: I do celebrate I've I've learned to um to not overcelebrate those highs because with those highs you'll have days where you don't where you don't have anything coming in. Um so I've I've kind of become more level headed in terms of yeah don't go overboard because you know there's going to be a day where you don't do any sales or there might be back to back days where you don't do any sales. Yeah, no, those those days where you do 15,000 pounds a day are are amazing.
0: That's great, and and I think that actually ties into a question that I wanted to ask you because that normalisation, that um, like you said, not riding the high, like they say, ride the highs low and the lows high, so that you kind of baseline as an entrepreneur is normal. Because if you let that become tied to your identity, I've felt that where you have an incredible month and then it all comes crashing down, and then it's back, and you're like, ah, this is too much of an emotional roller coaster. I can't deal with it. So you're better off just like you know I, I now just look at the months in in totality and i'm like okay how do we do you know and i look at, i won't look at like individual days but um from all the experiences that you've had from all of the lessons that you've you've gained throughout the process of of building your business to the level that it's at any lessons that you think could resonate with or inspire listeners who are maybe just at the beginning of their journeys that first one that you just shared was a great one about you know riding the the lows high the highs low anything else that you think the former you would really value hearing right now who, who might be just listening to this in the car on their commute to work or on the tube or in the gym?
1: I'd say just just try and build relationships with suppliers. At the end of the day that is going to be in my opinion the biggest single mover or single thing that you can do to to scale the business. So you know I, I go to well I try to go to all the trade of trade show events. Um, even if there isn't anyone new there but just to just to you know reacquaint yourselves with someone who you, you know you i mean i've got suppliers on there who i've been with for the three three or four years now um and i see them once a year at the show, trade show then and it's just a way of of keeping keeping that relationship going um so i think yeah definitely definitely try and better your relationship with suppliers um i think one lesson i had was um I mentioned earlier about the, the the one supplier that we were doing about thirty percent uh of our of our um revenue with um and I think they're based up, up north somewhere and um I actually spend a day to go up there be there with um yeah, it's just important to always you know hone in on those because i sometimes spend a spend a day just ringing suppliers and just having a chat with them. You know, when when the times are good, when the times are bad, just say, you know, how's how's it go? You also get a feel for the where the market's at as well. So I think, yeah, my my one thing would be, yeah, just just try and always build your supplier base and 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 build those relationships with suppliers.
2: That's really valuable lessons there. I think what's sort of coming through with your journey is that being level-headed with the wins, being level-headed with with the times that are more difficult, and always just staying in the game for for the long term and just consistent learning. And also being open to new opportunities, you say, you're sort of picking up different opportunities here and there, starting new projects. So, if you could try and distill, you know your your lesson into like sort of a couple of sentences for people, would you say that that would that's how you do it? Would it be around sort of saying consistent, making consistent progress? Is that overall sort of picture you paint for your success?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think consistency is absolutely key. I, I saw um, I saw a little graph where it was like you know small movements over over time you know, you just grow exponentially. And I think just staying consistent and, and keep shipping away. And, you know, you might not see the the rewards immediately, you know, day to day, but over a six month period, um, you know, you look back and think, wow, that, that really owned it and, and really grew and scaled the business that way. So yeah, I think just keeping consistent with stuff and, you know, not, not doing things for a couple of days and thinking, you know, getting too disheartened and, and not working, just keep at it keep chipping away and um you look back in in three to six months time and think thank god i did that
0: exactly and you're never truly done as an entrepreneur i know from personal experience you're always looking at the next thing always on to the next so with all the success that you have achieved what what emotions are stirring in you now and what are the new dreams and aspirations that guiding you to your your next steps like what what comes next
1: what's next I, I remember you have a little task at the beginning don't you where you have to put the pictures of what your life you want your life to look like or what you aspire your life to look like, and um you know mine was filled with cars and houses and stuff um but now it's i i'm working on trying to automate businesses that i run a bit better so that's that's probably what i'm i'm working on to get to as well as you know keep growing keep keep being on the strategy side of things
2: yeah i suppose that option is there for you with a dropshipping business to outsource and automate as much as possible do you think there's a reason why you haven't outsourced or automated it earlier in your journey? Is it just something that you've recently sort of turned your attention to now?
1: I did give it a go. I guess I wasn't that good at it. <laughs> that is uh is something that I need to work on and, and um and and be better at is um relinquishing power, I guess. Um and, and realizing that people might not um you're not looking for a direct replacement of yourself it's impossible
0: you're always learning right as an entrepreneur and i think you, you what you just said there is is just your next evolution now in terms of it's the same it's the same jump it's going from like oh could i ever do that too oh now now i'm doing it now it's could someone else ever do that completely for me and me be completely removed from that oh suddenly now i'm doing it i just want to say thank you jared for for firstly for jumping on this call but for taking the time to share your journey on the the first time that we sat down together 3 years ago But also for just being a model member of the Dropship Unlock community, like you came into it with exactly the right attitude. You were so driven from day one. I remember you asked all the right questions. You never felt like you were asking a a stupid question, which is exactly what we want you to do. Uh, You know, not suffering in silence, just coming to us, seeking that support, and continuing to take action and riding the the ups and downs as you go. I think your ability to put yourself out there, go to trade shows, like you said, build those strong relationships with customers with clients that to the point where you even then start helping them with their digital marketing is testament to you as a person you as an entrepreneur and we're very very proud to have you in our community so thank you for coming on the episode today and sharing all of your lessons and your journey with the rest of the listeners.
1: Perfect thanks guys appreciate it.
0: Wow that was a fantastic conversation with Jared
2: so good to talk to about all of the success he's achieved and the mindset that's been the driving
0: force behind all of that success. Yeah, it was a pleasure to chat with Jared and to hear more about his inspirational story. If you feel inspired by Jared's story, then you don't just have to be a bystander watching in awe from the sidelines. You can take action like he did and start your own story today. For your guide to start your own multi-million pound e-commerce business, start by picking up a copy of my book, The Home Turf Advantage, which you can get from htabook.com. And your success might just be featured in an episode of the podcast coming up soon. Just a quick heads up, if you'd like to share your questions, stories, successes, or challenges, you can email us directly at podcast.com at dropshipunlocked.com and you never know, we might even feature you on the next podcast episode.
2: Also, if you want access to today's show notes or any of the resources we've mentioned in the episode today then head over to dropshipunlocked.com forward slash podcast. We also have a small favour to ask of you. If you enjoyed the
0: show so far, you could take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. You wouldn't believe how much your reviews help us grow the podcast. We'll even read out some of our favourites on the next episode, so if you want to be featured on the show, please do go ahead and leave us a review today. Thanks so much for your support. We really couldn't do it without you. And we absolutely love hearing what you think of the podcast.
2: Now let's answer a question that we've had in from a listener of the podcast. And this is a fantastic question that we've had in from George. And the way he got his question in was by emailing us. It's podcast at dropshipunlock.com. So if you've got questions for us, email us and we'll answer them on the podcast. So George's question, I'm going to read it out for you, Lewis. He's asked, I've been following your podcast for a while now, and I've been inspired by the success stories and the reviews. However, I'm hesitant to dive into high ticket dropshipping because I'm worried about the initial costs and the potential risks if it doesn't work out. How can I justify the investment and minimize
0: my risk of failure? Yeah, thank you for your question, George. It's a really good one. And actually, it's a really common one as well, because that's a question that comes up time and time again. So it's an important one for us to answer. It's natural to feel hesitant before starting something that you've not done before. I think it would be strange to not feel slightly nervous about that. You know, as humans, we've evolved to be wary of risk of the unknown, right? So it it is totally natural. So I think that's the first thing you can label that feeling as it's okay. You know, that's not just you feeling that way. I know it's certainly how I felt. I'm sure it's how James felt. I'm sure it's how Jared felt as well when they first started, right? But let's kind of unpack the question a bit, because there's quite a lot in there. So first off, you talked about like, Cost versus investment. How do you view this as an investment? So, think regarding the the cost. Whenever I'm investing in myself personally, whether that's joining a mastermind or investing in a training program or just working on my own personal development, I always have to think of that as an investment in my business. You know, if I go to the gym and I pay a monthly gym membership, I don't view that really as a cost. I view that as an investment in my long term health that will make me a better person, happier. You know, live longer. Like that. That to me is an investment. An investment that once up and running can be paid back very quickly and then hundreds of times over as well with the the likes of this type of program, as we've seen with Jared and many of our members before. Unlike with the low ticket items, so if you're selling the more traditional type of dropshipping products where you're sourcing them from China and running Facebook ads and doing the model that we don't really recommend, and you might need hundreds or thousands of sales to see a significant return that would be equivalent to replacing your income and then creating some you know exciting levels of wealth, Whereas with high ticket items, the margin is just so much wider. So it's one of the reasons why the home turf Advantage model is the model that I'd recommend for people who haven't got previous entrepreneurial experience, because the buffer, the margin for error is wider. It gives you more wiggle room. It allows you to make a few mistakes when you're first starting out without it being catastrophic. It just means as well that your initial investment can potentially be recouped in a much shorter time period and with far fewer sales. Now, also, George, in your question, you asked about risk. So on the subject of risk, our approach is all about risk management. So our method is a proven pathway to success. So the strategies that we endorse are not based on guesswork. It's not like, hmm, what what do I think might sell? These strategies were at the culmination of what's been tested and proven to work hundreds and hundreds of times over by the members in our program and by myself personally. So by following the method that we've laid out, you're tapping into a process that's been replicated successfully by many people already and is data driven. That's the key thing. It's not guesswork. That would be a huge risk. Of course, there is still an element to risk in business, but this is a very, very stacked in your favor so that you know the scenario before going into it and you can control the outcome a lot better. And the other thing with that is that we guide you through a step-by-step process, which significantly reduces your risk as well, because you're not just out there wandering around taking shots in the dark on your own. It's about following a series of very deliberate, very strategically placed steps. So this structured approach means that you aren't left trying to figure things out on your own. So each phase of your journey is crafted based on strategies that we've refined through actual results and experiences. We've seen where people commonly get stuck. And then we've updated modules in our program to ensure that that gets them over the hurdle when they face it. So you go into this trying to reinvent the wheel and trying to piece it all together yourself. I'd say that is a big risk because you will encounter all of those issues. If You come through a program like this, you're going to have all of those things laid out for you along the way. When talking about the other members, I should probably mention that as well, George. Another key point here is the support system that we have in place. So the Dropship Unlocked Masterclass, it's not just a collection of videos or resources, although those are there. We've got 30 plus hours worth of step-by-step over-the-shoulder content, but it's a gateway to a community. You know, you'll have mentorship, you'll have support from peers and also long-experienced entrepreneurs, as well as people who've just started like you, which is so valuable when you're starting out as an entrepreneur. I can't overstate that enough. The importance of getting around your tribe, you know, a group of people who are where you want to be so that you start to level up, you start to normalize up to their level. And then you mentioned all of the success stories as well that you've seen, George. So there are so many of our members who began exactly where you are in that same frame of mind. I can hear it, I can tell, and I, I probably was exactly the same, unsure whether to take the leap. And those who finally did, many of them then went on to build profitable, life-changing businesses, which is so exciting. And It's just all about the right guidance, taking consistent action and leveraging the collective wisdom of a community of e-commerce entrepreneurs who are like-minded that have walked the path before you. So yeah, hopefully that helps, George. Whilst any business venture is going to carry its fair share of risks, right? it's the strategies that we teach that are designed to minimize those risks as much as possible. You should see the bigger risk as trying to piece this all together yourself, because certainly in time and money, those two currencies, it's going to be much more costly trying to figure this out, you know, your own in the dark. So it's just about making informed decisions. Of course, taking calculated risks, but steps towards your goal. You're not the first person to feel this way. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you might think that's exactly how I'm feeling. But just remember, there are hundreds of people who've come before you, who've taken that step, who've invested in themselves and are now living a completely different life and are reaping rewards. So yeah, Perhaps we'll be interviewing you on an upcoming podcast episode soon if you take that leap so you can share your story with us too. And that's a great goal to have is to have a podcast
2: episode dedicated to your success in the future. And we will be excited to to host you on the podcast once you've achieved that success. So thank you for your answer, Lewis. And thanks for your question, George. Hopefully, that's helpful to George and everyone else who are thinking about getting started as well. So let's now highlight a review that we've had in recently from a listener. So thank you very much to Jay for sharing your thoughts on a recent Spotify episode. And Jay said, really good content. I'm just setting up my own website as we speak. And the information that these guys provide, even just through Spotify, is really, really useful.
0: Thank you so much for your review, Jay, from Spotify. We're really glad to hear that you've been enjoying the podcast. If you found value in today's conversation and you want to help spread the word, leaving a review is a simple yet powerful way to do just that. Drop your thoughts on your preferred podcast platform or if you're tuned in on YouTube leave us a quick comment below this video. Also share this episode with someone in your circle who might be on the brink of their own e-commerce venture. You never know this story of Jared's transformation that we shared today could be the little nudge that they need to explore the digital nomad lifestyle for themselves.
2: Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Dropship
0: Unlocks podcast. We hope you found the discussion both inspiring and entertaining. If you're ready to begin your own high-ticket dropshipping journey, then here's what to do next. I've taken all of the years of my own experience, both in running my e-commerce businesses and teaching hundreds of others how to do the same, and I've condensed it all into my book, The Home Turf Advantage. It's your comprehensive guide designed to help you create your own e-commerce business. And you can grab your copy today at htabook.com stay connected by
2: subscribing to the podcast this way you'll never miss an episode packed with valuable insights and if you enjoyed what you heard today please leave us a review your feedback motivates us and we love sharing our favorite reviews
0: on future episodes and thank you for deciding to spend your time with us today we really appreciate you and we look forward to sharing more high ticket dropshipping insights with you on our next episode of the dropship unlocked podcast